Allie Bonner, and welcome to QueenCast, the show where we interview badass queens about body image, business, and beyond. Hey friends, welcome back to QueenCast. So today's a solo episode, a little bit different. I'm going to be answering a question that I received from someone in my community um, that I'm really excited about. I talked about this a little bit on my stories the other day, and a lot of you resonated with it, but um, I'm just going to share the question that she sent in here. So she said, hey, Allie, I just listened to your podcast on carbs, super relatable, and a thought came up. How did you get to the point where you accepted that you'll have to give up on your quote unquote body goals and focus on health goals. I know that health is driving me forward with my recovery, but I do feel concerned at times because what if I'm not comfortable in my body when I focus on health? What if I end up healthy, but not quite happy with the way that I look? I still struggle with the idea of wanting to be fit and lean, but honestly recovering from binge eating disorder doesn't include that. I know you probably get tons of messages like this, just wanted to bring out the subject of recovering and body image and aesthetic goals while doing that. Impossible combo, huge thanks for all you do. So I think this is an amazing question. And you know, for me personally, I really struggled with this while I was recovering. I think you know a lot of people, really the biggest fear around healing your relationship with food is body changes, right? I mean, there's definitely, you know, disordered eating tendencies that have nothing to do with the way you look, um, you know, and people, you know, will use food as really a coping mechanism for um, sexual trauma or, you know, other past traumas. And it really isn't a way to control um, your weight or, you know, your body shape. So there's, you know, a whole subset of eating disorders on that. I'm not well-versed in that universe because that just wasn't my experience, you know, but for me, controlling my food was really, you know, a way to make my body smaller and lose weight. And so that was really the focus for all of those years. And so of course, you know, it was a huge fear of mine as I started to heal my relationship with food to see my body change and, um, you know, to gain weight and, you know, not have my clothes fit or look in the mirror and hate what I saw. Like all of those are super valid fears. So I think this is an amazing question. Um, and there's a lot to unpack here. So I guess first things first, if you guys haven't listened to my episode on why I'm not anti-weight loss, go do that now. Um, I basically break down why I'm not anti-weight loss. And I know it is, you know, probably a little shocking is kind of an intense word, but, um, maybe surprising to hear that just because I know a lot of people that are in recovery from an eating disorder or, you know, in sort of the food freedom intuitive eating space are very anti-weight loss. And so, um, yeah, just go listen to that episode first and this will kind of make more sense. But, um, going back to my point, I think, you know, first things first, there's nothing wrong with having aesthetic goals, right? There's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to change your body or get stronger or leaner or shredded or, you know, really whatever your goal is. I don't think that anyone should feel shame around that. Um, I think for someone who has a really, you know, healthy, just foundational balanced relationship with food, totally fine. Um, I do think though that, you know, getting to a super low body fat percentage is just, especially as a woman, just not normal, um, or really, it's hard to achieve in a healthy, balanced way, in my opinion. So going back to the question, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look a certain way or, you know, wanting to achieve those goals, but you have to remember that, you know, you're in a really disordered place and, and that's why you're asking that question. Um, or else you wouldn't be, you know, trying to recover or heal your relationship with food. But 
I think for someone who has that sort of, you know, foundation of disordered um, relationship with food and isn't in a healthy place mentally with food, I just wouldn't say that it's possible to chase your aesthetic goals at the same time. Um, Do I think they can, you know, one can follow the other? Maybe. Um, I personally, I guess I'll tell a little bit about my journey. So when I really started to heal my relationship with food and my body, I started to gain weight because, you know, I wasn't restricting as much as I used to be. Um, I wasn't eating a number of calories that was just unsustainable for my body and activity level and all of that. I was actually, you know, for the first time in a really long time, nourishing my body and just giving it what it needed. And so, yeah, I held on to some weight, um, gained a little bit of weight and it was really scary. It was really terrifying. It was uncomfortable. But I was so excited that my relationship with food was really healing and getting better and just being more balanced and less restrictive. And so I felt more present. I felt, you know, a lot more connected to the people in my life, um, to myself. And so that part was all really cool. Um, But I just, you know, felt really sluggish during my workouts. I felt just heavier and uncomfortable in my body. Um, My clothes didn't really fit right. And I was like, God, I don't want to, you know, I don't have enough money to just buy a whole new wardrobe, um, which is a legitimate concern for a lot of people that go through recovery because, you know, it is expensive to buy all new clothes. Um, And so I was like, you know, I feel like I'm in a really good place with food. I'm going to try to just make some subtle, you know, lifestyle shifts that maybe will, you know, help me drop a couple pounds and just kind of feel more comfortable and just grounded and secure in my body. Seemingly very innocent goal, right? Um, And so it's like, okay, maybe I don't need multiple desserts a day because at this point I'm like literally letting myself have all the things, no restrictions. Um, And so, you know, I start to do that and it was just wild how, you know, I think it was really good for me to go through that, but it was just so wild how quickly I immediately reverted to, you know, all of a sudden I'm using my fitness pal and counting every calorie. And it's like, you know, it went from like zero to 8,000 <laughs> real quick. It was like from, you know, maybe I'll have one dessert a day instead of three. And all of a sudden I'm like, I have to stay under X number of calories, right? And just how quickly things escalated. And so, you know, for me, that was a really good learning lesson in my recovery of like, okay, wow, you know, maybe these things can go hand in hand. Like maybe I can have aesthetic goals, but you know, it's gonna be down the line, you know, maybe a couple years from now. Like at this point, I think, I really need to work on healing my relationship with food and just getting that rock solid and bulletproof before, you know, trying to change my body in any way. So back to her question, I mean, that was just my experience, but you know, everyone's going to be so different, but I think they definitely can, you know, occur. I just, I think really focusing on healing your relationship with food and, you know, getting to a really balanced um, place before even addressing the body concern. So that would be like the first part of things. The second part is, you know, really taking a step back. So something that has really helped me is taking a step back and kind of zooming out, you know, when I have these thoughts. So if you have these thoughts like, you know, forward thinking into the future, projecting kind of anxiety about what's going to happen, um, a lot of worry, super normal, right? Especially in recovery, because your brain is basically just, you know, wanting to keep you safe, wanting to keep you secure, doesn't want to rock the boat. And, you know, disordered eating patterns feel very safe when you've been doing them for a long time. But something that's been super helpful for me, and I'm sure there's a term for this, but again, I'm not a therapist, is, you know, 
hearing those thoughts come up and just allowing them, not following them, you know, not taking them as fact or as the truth, just hearing them out, right? So like hearing them for what they are and just recognizing they're just thoughts. And we actually have this incredible opportunity as human beings to separate ourselves from these thoughts and, you know, choose whether or not we want to believe them, choose whether or not we want to follow them, we want to act on them. Um, and especially with thoughts that don't serve us. So, I mean, we do this all the time. Like for example, you know, I always get little urges or thoughts while I'm driving. Um, you know, if my phone buzzes, oh, check who just texted you or, you know, check what that email is all about. Who's that email from? And I'm like on the freeway (laughs) and it's like, you know, that thought doesn't serve me because if I followed that impulse, checked my phone on the freeway, you know, I could put so many, I could put my own life in danger, I could put other people's lives in danger and it's just not worth it. And so, you know, I have that ability as a human being with a functioning brain to make that call and say, you know, thank you brain for offering that thought to me to check my phone while I'm going 80 miles an hour on the freeway. But I'm just not going to do that right now. You know, I'm going to choose a different thought, which is, you know, you're at the wheel, you have a lot of responsibility, yada, yada. You guys get the picture. So applying that to this situation with food, you know, and recovery, your brain is going to start to offer all of these thoughts like, you know, do you really want to recover? Um, you know, you look so great right now. You know, you don't want to change your body. What, and then all the, you know, fear-based thoughts of like, what would happen if you gained weight? Um, you wouldn't be able to fit into your clothes. You wouldn't like the way you looked. All of these, you know, really anxiety-provoking, you know, fear-based thoughts start to bubble up, right? And if you just follow them and, and listen to them and act on them, then it's super easy to just stay in this whirlpool and like, you know, swirling vortex of emotion and just say, oh my God, you're right. You know, why did I even want to recover? That was a dumb idea, right? And so what really helped me was hearing these thoughts and then saying, hmm, you know, that's an interesting commentary brain. Thank you. That's just a delightful thought that you just provided me. But you know... I'm not going to follow that thought. That thought doesn't serve me. I'm going to choose a different thought, which is my life is going to be so rich and so full and so vibrant. I'm going to be present. I'm going to connect with my friends. I'm going to have all of those things when I heal my relationship with food, when I choose recovery, when I start nourishing myself adequately. And so that's just, I mean, that thought right there, like I have goosebumps just saying that because it comes from this place of possibility and excitement and growth and wonder. While the other thought is really just fear and anxiety and worry. And it's really just playing small, you know, it's keeping you so small where the other thought is really shooting for the stars, you know, cliche as that sounds, it's pretty fucking cliche, but you're really, you know, you're, it's expansive, it's big. So I'm not going to lie, this is difficult to do. (laughs) I would say, you know, there are still so many times in my day where I forget to do this. I think it's the hardest part is remembering. Like, you know, it's just, especially the beginning, we get served hundreds of thousands of thoughts a day. Most of them are the same thoughts over and over again. It's just the way our brain works. But, you know, when we're served these thoughts, it's so easy to just, you know, hear the thought, do the thing, or hear the thought, feel the emotion. Um it's hard to kind of break that pattern. It's hard to, you know, break the norm of what you've been doing for the first, however many years you've been on this planet. Um, so it is tough. I think it, you know, practice makes perfect is an awesome saying. It's not the case here. Practice doesn't ever make perfect when it comes to, um, you know, feeling feelings, 
brain science, emotions, all of that. Um, practice makes you better at doing those things, but I really don't think when it comes to recovery, you're ever going to be perfect at something. Um, so I still, you know, will get thoughts where the other day I was walking by, we have this full length mirror, um, in my bedroom and the lighting is just horrific. It is, it's worse than like a Macy's dressing room. Do you know what I mean? Just the fluorescent light, just the, the mirror, it's the, you know, the angles. I just, you see it all in this mirror and it's probably my least favorite place in the house. Um, and I walk by it every day. So, um, I got a glimpse of myself the other day and didn't love what I saw. I'm not going to lie. There was some dimples, some cellulite action. And immediately I had this thought, you've really let yourself go. Now let's like unpack this for a second. So I don't know if any of you have had this thought before, some variation of it. It could also present itself as, you know, you need to work out more, you need to eat less. Basically the root of it is the way you are right now is not acceptable to yourself, to society, whomever. Um, The way you are now needs fixing. The way you are now is not lovable. All of these things, right? And what emotion does that evoke for me when I think this thought? Um, let me just pull out my scroll, (laughs) shame, guilt, anxiety, um, you know, unworthiness, unlovable, just all of these feelings start flooding my brain, sadness, um, you know, whatever. And if I had followed that thought, you know, I would have redownloaded my tracking apps. I would have, you know, vowed to eat super healthy the rest of the day. I would have worked out, you know, twice in that day or whatever, And I had this moment where I almost did that. Like it was so close of like, oh my God, like you you hear this thought and you're like, that's the truth. Like my brain is serving me this thought and that is the motherfucking truth. I need to, I've let myself go. And then I was like, wait a second. That's just a thought. I was like, brain, fuck off. Sorry, but like GTFO, I'm a hot ass piece of ass and I love myself and I think I look fine as hell and this lighting is shitty and I'm gonna go in the other room and look at myself in this different mirror and I think I look great so you know you're not gonna be perfect at it and I still get these thoughts it's not a matter of not getting the thoughts it's just choosing not to follow them and I think the best part about this is your brain is not in control of you and I know I'm like personifying the brain um for example sake but you know what I mean? Like you at the end of the day are in charge of how you feel, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what shitty ass situation you're in. And maybe the situation is out of your control. Maybe the circumstance is out of your control, but at the end of the day, you are the only person in your life that has the power to choose how you feel. Now that can scare the hell out of you or that can fire you the fuck up. No matter if you are 50 pounds 500 pounds, 5,000 pounds, I don't give a fuck. You have the power to decide how you feel about yourself, right? Like it's all your thoughts. And that's creepy, but it's amazing. Same thing with any other circumstance in your life, you know, your partner. I've been with Eric for almost seven years now, and I could roll over and look at him and be like, ugh, you again? (laughs) But I don't, you know? I, I'm so excited to spend every day with him. We work together. We live together. 
I love him so much and that's a choice and that is, you know, that's not because he is the best boyfriend ever. That's not because we're perfect for each other. We're not. (laughs) Neither of those. And no one is perfect and we're not perfect and our relationship is definitely not perfect. But I choose to think that we have the best relationship ever because it just makes life and our relationship and our time together so much more enjoyable. That doesn't mean we don't fight. That doesn't mean I'm not snippy at him or, you know, his lazy ass doesn't pick up his laundry and put it in the fucking basket, which annoys the hell out of me. Eric, if you're listening, stop it. But perspective is really everything, you guys. Like, it's it's wild. And, you know, the more you can really practice that and the more you, you know, realize that you have so much power around everything, um you know, it's exciting and you just, you start to see your life in a different way. So, wow, that really took a turn. You know, (laughs) I wasn't expecting it all Tony Robbins on you. Um, but I'm really passionate about this because I think for so long, I just played the victim. I played small, you know, I was kind of just waiting for life to happen to me. Um, instead of me like taking life by the balls, you know, just grabbing the conus and just taking charge, baby. So yeah, that's it. All right, you guys, I will see you next week and you're amazing. I love you. Bye.